Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. It's Sean here, and I will be your host for this discussion. In this episode of Strange Matters, I will be talking all about the legendary and mysterious man-eating animal known as the Beast of Javudan. This beast was some type of creature that terrorized southern France for several years, attacking and killing dozens of men, women, and children. I would like to thank our listener Toby for suggesting this story, and it really is a pretty creepy and unique case. I can't recall coming across any other situation similar to this where some type of animal was running rampant in a region for years killing people like this. It is pretty hard for us in the modern age to imagine what this must have been like. Most people just go about going to their jobs or going to school without much worry for their well-being, but for the people in Jevudan during this time, it must have been absolutely terrifying. Just to make a living, these people literally had to go outside to tend their livestock and work their fields, all the while knowing that there was some type of huge monster of an animal running around eating their neighbors. Now, being a host of this podcast, I have looked into my fair share of dark and creepy material. We have discussed cases of disturbing deaths, psychotic serial killers, and even the end of the world. But it's things like this, Beast of Jevudan, that really creep me out. Now, I'm naturally a bit of a jumpy person. So, I mean, when I'm out walking alone at night or in the woods and hear a twig snap or a squirrel runs in front of me, I always get a little freaked out. Um, I know on numerous occasions when we were younger, my co-host Eric would delight in jumping out of the bushes at night to startle me causing me to yell in a not-so-manly way. Needless to say, growing up, it was always monsters or evil creatures lurking in the night that scared me the most, so I can definitely sympathize how these people must have felt about this beast. Alright, so let's get into the actual tale of the Beast of Jevudan. It all started in the late spring or early summer of 1764. A young lady was walking with her cattle in the eastern portion of Jevudan when suddenly, and for the first time, the beast appeared. The young woman was frightened as the creature approached, but fortunately for her, the bulls in the herd saw the beast coming and charged at it, scaring it away and saving her life. However, just a short while later, another young girl would not be so lucky. 14-year-old Jane was pounced on and killed by the beast just outside her village. This would be the first fatality attributed to the beast of Jevudan, and would start a reign of terror for the region for years to come. In the next couple months, a string of attacks very similar to the one that killed young Jane occurred in the surrounding region. The population began to panic as they realized that this was not a lone incident, but in fact there was something out there in the wilderness preying on them. Now, wolf attacks during that time period were not all that uncommon in Europe, but there was something different about this case. Testimonies of those who escaped the beast or survived described how large and vicious this animal was, much bigger than the average wolf at the time. Also, in a strange and pretty disturbing behavior, the beast reportedly only seemed to target the victim's head and neck region. In fact, in several cases, the beast would actually decapitate its prey and make off with the severed head. Pretty disturbing. Also, there were cases of the creature biting the neck and drinking the blood out of the body. Now, the physical descriptions of the beast varied somewhat from account to account. Some people said that the creature's fur was all red, or red with gray or black patches on it, or reddish with black stripes running down its back. 
Sometimes it was described as not being red or black at all, but just different combinations of colors. There were also reports that the beast had hood feet, while others stated that it just had massive paws with large claws. And the size of the beast itself differed, as some saying it was just the size of a large wolf or dog, while others claimed it was the size of a donkey. So I found a report that combined most of the common traits to give this description of the beast. The beast is a quadruped, about the size of a small horse. It reminds witnesses of a bear, hyena, wolf, and panther all at once. It has a long wolf-like or pig-like snout, lined with large teeth. The ears are small and round, lined close to the head. The neck is long and strong. The tail somewhat resembles the long tail of a panther, but it is so thick and strong that the beast uses it as a weapon, knocking men and animals down with it. Anyone struck by the tail reports that it hits with considerable force. Now, just due to the differences between these accounts, many thought that there had to be more than one beast. And along with the fact that some attacks would happen almost at the same time, but at far distances from each other, led many to believe this theory even more. Regardless of how many there were, this creature was extremely scary to those who encountered it. Now, the average size of men during the 1700s was quite smaller than the modern man, which makes the beast even more formidable. The average height was around 5.5 feet and also with smaller frames than the average person of today. So this large hulking animal standing 4 or 5 feet tall would have been more than a match for lone individuals. Personally, I know I would be absolutely terrified if I came across this snarling red wolf-like animal with a height that meant I could look it directly in the eyes. Dozens of people were attacked by this beast in the coming months, most of them dying of their wounds. Hysteria had taken hold and the people of the region were panicked and fed up with this beast that was running loose in their area. Jean-Baptiste Duhamel, a dragoon captain commanding a force in Jevoudan, took charge and made it his mission to kill the beast personally. It is reported he rounded up a force of 20,000 armed soldiers and organized huge hunting parties to track down this creature. That's pretty crazy to think that thousands of armed, military-trained men were sent out into the woods to hunt down some man-eating beast to slay. It's kind of like something you would read in a fantasy book. It does kind of remind me of when we did our episode on the blood-sucking chupacabra creature of Puerto Rico, in which local officials also formed armed gangs or militia to try and go out and track down the creature, but to no avail. Lode is reported that his soldiers and Duhamel himself came across and attacked the beast, it continued to escape every time and carried out its attacks as usual. Frustrated at his lack of success, Duhamel resorted to using unusual and controversial tactics to catch this animal, including setting up bizarre traps, dressing his soldiers in women's outfits and sending them out alone as bait, and even going so far as to poison the corpses of the deceased victims and leaving them out to lure the beast in. However, no matter how hard Duhamel tried and whatever method he could come up with, nothing could stop it. And this time, though, there were several heroic acts of courage from the locals. Jeanne Jouvet saw the beast attack her two children outside her home. As the animal bit at her six-year-old son, Jeanne Jouvet charged and grappled with the huge predator, wrestling her son out of its mouth and scaring it off. Unfortunately, her son did die later of his wounds, but luckily her daughter was spared. Later on, a 20-year-old woman named Marie Jeanne Vallée was attacked by the beast. But rather than flee, the young woman grabbed a pike and thrust it at the creature's chest as it tried to pounce on her, wounding it and driving it away. For her bravery, Marie was called the Maid of Jevoudan and even had a memorial statue built to commemorate her courageous act. Despite these showings of bravery, as time continued, more people were still killed by this beast. 
It was growing bolder, starting to attack pairs and even groups of people instead of just preying on lone individuals. In January of 1765, a young child named Jacques Portefeuille and a group of his friends were attacked by this beast. When the creature tried to pounce and drag one of the children away, Jacques and his buddies banded together and repulsed the beast as it tried several times to attack them. This story spread quickly, even reaching the royal court. Jacques was given money and allowed to be educated at the state's expense. After more than half a year of attacks and deaths, King Louis XV decided it was time to find and kill this beast once and for all. To accomplish this, King Louis hired two professional wolf hunters, Jean Charles and his son Jean Francois, to finally kill this beast, relieving Duhamel of his position as commander of the hunt. These two were supposedly known as some of the best wolf hunters in the entire world. And the pair arrived in Gévaudan with a gang of wolf hunting hounds and promised that they could do what thousands of the locals could not. However, despite their lofty reputation and brimming confidence, the two wolf hunters had no more luck than Duhamel and all his dragoons. During this entire time, the beast just continued to kill more and more. The populace was furious, King Louis was embarrassed, and other nations began to mock the French for not being able to kill one lonely wolf. Finally, King Louis had enough. He sent his trusted and personal gun-bearer and lieutenant of the hunt, Francois Anton, to Gévaudan to take the beast down. Francois armed himself and traveled to the region, with the pressure of his king and the entire nation to deliver this beast to the royal court. On September 1765, Francois delivered on his promise and did what no one else could, shooting and killing the massive wolf near the Abbey de Chazé. Weighing a hefty 130 pounds and nearly 6 feet long, the wolf was a formidable sight. Francois stated, We declare by the present report signed from our hand, we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one, which is why we estimate this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage. Now the wolf was identified by others in the region as the very beast they had encountered, recognizing scars left on the body where several of them had defended themselves. Francois arrived in Versailles as the hero with his stuffed wolf, received money and titles for his valiant effort on behalf of his nation. King Louis was greatly relieved, and the people of Gévaudan rejoiced as their nightmare had finally ended. Except that it didn't. Several weeks after Francois killed the giant wolf, another attack took place. A pair of men walking along outside their village was ambushed and mauled by the beast. In the coming weeks, the beast of Gévaudan went on a rampage, killing a dozen people and wounding even more. Eventually, though, the beast of Gévaudan would finally meet its match. In 1767, three years after it started its reign of terror, a farmer and pub owner named Jean Chastel took up arms in a local organized hunt put together by local noblemen to defend his village. As he searched through the woods, he encountered a large, vicious wolf. Chastel quickly took aim and fired, striking the wolf and killing it. Chastel and the body of the wolf were brought to the royal court and presented it to the king, who'd ordered the body destroyed. After this event, there were no more recorded deaths caused by the beast of Gévaudan, leading many to think that the wolf Chastel killed really was either the well-known beast or the last of its pack. As time went on, the tale of Chastel killing the wolf would be embellished, as a common story goes that he melted down a religious artifact to create silver bullets to slay the beast. Regardless, 1767 marked the end of the beast's rampage, tallying up a total as many as a hundred deaths and dozens more wounded. So that wraps up the history portion of the beast of Gévaudan, so let's get to the theories as to what kind of creature was behind it. So once again, there is no doubting that these attacks took place, and that scores, if not a hundred people, either died or was wounded by the beast. 
What is in debate, though, is just what kind of creature was behind these attacks, and if there were more than one animal. So now let's get down to it and start discussing the theories of the Beast of Jevudan. So the common and most held belief is that the Beast of Jevudan was no more than either a particularly large wolf or a small pack of wolves which favored attacking humans over other animals. This theory makes the most sense, as wolf attacks were pretty common at the time in that region, even before these attacks took place. And not to mention the fact that after Jean Chastel killed that last wolf, the attacks pretty much ceased. However, there are a few reasons why this explanation may not be entirely correct. Most of it is due to witness testimonies of the beast, as the way many people described it does not sound like a wolf at all. However, it is true that the story and legend of the beast kind of got embellished over the years, and people had a tendency to exaggerate their accounts. But I'm sure that all the locals were well aware of what wild wolves look like, and it doesn't sound to me that is what the survivors of the beast were describing. So one of the more interesting theories behind the beast can be connected to none other than Jean Chastel himself, the famous man who brought an end to the beast. Some believe that Chastel trained the animal himself, and that his large red-colored mastiff could have been either the beast or sired it perhaps breeding a dog-wolf hybrid offspring, which would give it the body of a wolf but retaining the mastiff's red coat. A French naturalist believed that Chastel could have trained this hybrid to attack people, and even go so far as to wrap armored hide of a wild boar around it, which would explain the shifting descriptions of its fur color and also why it seemed nearly impervious to bullets and spears used against the beast. Also, there are others who think that the beast was an imported animal, such as a hyena or a panther. So a hyena could match the description of the beast, except for its size, as hyenas aren't as big as what the beast was described as. So if this was the case, it would either have to be some kind of freak specimen of a hyena, or again, some type of hybrid. Now panthers, on the other hand, could definitely be large enough to be the beast, but there aren't any specimens that have that red and black markings that the beast supposedly had by most of the descriptions. Again, it could be a mutant or hybrid panther, but... These kind of theories sound pretty far-fetched to me. Now beyond these theories, there are other ideas that are even stranger. Some have speculated that the beast was a werewolf or even a shape-shifting witch. Others have even speculated that it could have been the last of its kind of some kind of ancient species of predator called a misonicid, a large extinct hoofed animal. While some of these theories might be fun to discuss and speculate, there really is no evidence to back them up. So with all that said, my final thoughts on the Beast of Jevedon is that I believe that the attacks can be attributed to a small pack of several unusually large and violent wolves. So I mean, what caused these wolves to suddenly start attacking humans, and specifically why they seem to just go after the heads and necks of the victims, I do not know. And the fact behind this will most likely never be known for sure. So whether the beast was simply a pack of wolves, or even if it is one of the stranger possibilities, like some kind of hybrid or mutant creature, it was definitely a very frightening animal, responsible for killing dozens and scores of people, and terrifying an entire region of France for years. So that brings an end to this discussion of the Beast of Jevoudan. We would like to thank everyone who listens and supports the show. We recently breached the top 25 rank in our iTunes category for the first time because of all you listeners, so it really means a lot to us to have your support. Eric and I are working hard on making sure we continually improve the quality of the show and strive to hopefully one day being the top podcast that discusses anything and everything strange and bizarre. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Strange Matters podcast. If you would like to send any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, or if you want to discuss the Beast of Jevedon further, 
please reach us at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also comment, download, and listen to all of our shows at our website, strangematterspodcast.com. Strange Matters is part of the Dark Myths Collective of Podcasts. If you are looking for other high-quality and interesting podcasts, please check out the whole lineup of shows at darkmyths.org. And finally, we ask that if you are listening to us on iTunes and enjoy the show, please take the time to give us a rating and review. It means a lot to us, and we enjoy reading your feedback. With all that said, until the next episode of the Strange Matters Podcast, take care, everyone.